0: So if you're ready to be bloat-free, poo better, have more energy, and become free from the fear of food, then you are in the right place. Hello, and welcome to another episode on the Nourish Gut Podcast. I'm always so thankful um, for you for listening in to the Nourish Gut uh, podcast, uh, it was a couple of weeks ago actually that I celebrated over a thousand downloads on this podcast, and I forgot to jump on here and and celebrate that with you guys, my listeners. So I'm probably two or three weeks late to the party. Um, uh, we were just really busy um, onboarding all of the new uh, practitioners to my mentoring program. That yeah. I just missed that milestone. So better late than never. Um, and I, I did. I just wanted to take a moment to thank you for listening. Um, and I know that uh, podcasts are a really great way for you to fit some extra education um, in, especially if you're a busy mama like me. You know, you can just chuck your earpods in and or earphones or, you know, and go for a walk and, and listen in. So I'd love to know from you guys, like, what your favorite episode's been, um, what you've learned from the podcast, like, please reach out to me, say hi. Um, and you know, if you've implemented something, um, or started working with someone after listening to an episode here and it's changed your life, please let me know. Um, because there's nothing better than getting feedback. Um, and if you have content that you want me to share or a topic, like, please let me know. Um, I've, run this podcast for you Um, and uh, yeah, sometimes I'm just over here busy creating content um, and sometimes assuming what you want to hear so yeah there's an opportunity there if you have an idea or there's something specific you want to learn about shoot it my way and I will pop it into the schedule so let's get into today's episode Um, we're going to be talking about the FODMAP diet a little bit more and whether or not you should actually be doing this And it's a bit of a loaded question and loaded topic and there's lots of controversy out there about FODMAP diets among different professions. Um, So I'm just going to be super honest, super transparent and give you what I think of the diet um, because I think that's all that I can do. Other professionals may suggest something different and that is totally fine. And at the end of the day, you've got to, you know, do your own research and sometimes feel into the recommendations that you're being given and to work out if that's the best thing for you. So I want to start by saying that the FODMAP diet um, can be useful in certain cases, um, and I think that uh, in really chronic SIBO cases that have reacted to fructose or if there is severe fructose malabsorption happening, um, that it can be a really beautiful way to reduce Um, the carbohydrate load that would be causing havoc to the digestive system and uh, it can really work well for reducing inflammation um, and just calming everything down in those initial stages of treatment. I by no means think that this should be used long term and unfortunately the, the issue that I have with it is that so many people come to me um, having tried the FODMAP diet and they get stuck on it for years and years and years and it's detrimental. It, when we think about what the FODMAP diet consists of, it's fruits, it's vegetables, it's prebiotic foods that are so important for your digestive system and your large intestine and the microbiome there so that they can grow and flourish and be n- nourished and nurtured. And if over extended periods of time you are avoiding them, I think that it can, you know, have those detrimental effects. So I think you've got to ask yourself, like, what are you actually trying to achieve with the FODMAP diet? And I know that, you know, a lot of people go through, um, you know, medical approaches and the system to get investigations for their chronic gut issues. And then they get labeled with IBS and then just told to do the FODMAP diet. And then they're not, you know, they're given a list of foods to avoid and then no guidance on what to do and how to come off that and how to reintroduce foods. And unless you address the underlying cause of what's going on, the moment you add them back in, you are going to have a flare up. So while I think that there is effective um, strategies, And reasons why you would do the FODMAP diet um, I think it's got to be used in the right way okay and it is a diet therapy it is not a diet to be followed for the rest of your life so if you are on the FODMAP diet and you have been for some years it is time to truly correct your gut issues so that you can eat those beautiful foods Um, you know we need to move away from this fear of food like I like I I feel like this is a bit of my life mission. You know, there's food intolerance testing, there's different diets, there's the vegan diet, there's salicylate diets, there's histamine diets and custom elimination diets. And, you know, it's like cutting out, cutting out, cutting out, cutting out all of these foods. And yes, we we can do elements of that, but we need to have diets of inclusion. We can't be removing foods and, and, and thinking that that's going to fix everything. And sometimes there will be foods that you need to cut out and that they're not going to be best for you. Like when um, I work with people who have SIBO, I will educate them on the foods that, you know, um, are going to not be good for SIBO. Um, And we can't expect to eat beer and pizza and cake all the time. Um, That's definitely not what I mean by diet of inclusion. I think that what I really want to do is see people who are avoiding health foods and whole foods to reduce their digestive issues add them back in that is a hundred percent my life mission and I would love to work with you if you're currently that person who has got a whole list of foods that you're not eating um, and that you have that fear of food um, it is so important to get them back into your diet and you know working out whether you have SIBO or is it a true IBS or is there large intestinal dysbiosis going on or you know intestinal methane overgrowth like we have to dig deeper and look at what's going on for you and why you're reacting to those fructose foods. Sometimes that can involve a bit of gut healing and probiotics and dietary change. Other times it means a full protocol for SIBO um, or large intestinal dysbiosis. So, you know, working with a professional that truly gets these conditions is so important to getting, you know, lasting results. So to kind of summarize it, I think that you absolutely can do the low FODMAP diet, um, but please just do it for the short term. You know, maybe it's something that you could trial. you know, for a couple of weeks, you could download the Monash University app um, if you have SIBO and IBS symptoms um, and give it a go. And if you see a reduction in your symptoms, then I think that indicates that taking that next step to ordering a SIBO test or a microbiome test um, and working with a health, health professional is definitely ideal for you. So that you can then go, okay, well, why do I have an overgrowth of the bacteria that is feeding off those, those high FODMAP foods and creating lots of excess gases in my bowel? Or do I have an excess growth of hydrogen sulfide bacteria, sorry, hydrogen sulfur producing bacteria in the large intestine that are also feeding off these foods? Um, because if you don't correct them, um, and, and you're not going to be able to eat those foods again. So, I think um, if you're listening today and you haven't tried the fodmap diet and you do have quite a lot of gut issues, trialling it, you know, and, and seeing a reduction in symptoms, but you know, you need to address the underlying cause at the same time. So that's where you know taking that next step, using that as an, a you know a little bit of a test to see, um, it's not by all means the only thing that you can do to work out if you have sibo because some people will re- react to um, carbohydrates that aren't classified as fodmap um so but i would say that majority of people will feel somewhat better on a fodmap diet if they've um, got SIBO or chronic gut issues so i kind of look at it as though a little bit of a band-aid right if you take away the food source For these bacteria, they're going to reduce the amount of gases that they're producing and therefore the amount of symptoms that you are then presenting with that those gases are causing and that fermentation. So I think um, if you've been on the VODMAP diet for a long time, it's now time to dig deeper and, and to resolve that as well. So this is part one of this episode. Um, I do. I'm going to record a second part um, all about uh, fiber diversity on a low FODMAP diet or any type of restrictive diet, um, and I will dive a little bit deeper into why this is important in the next episode. So tune into that. Um, and if you have any questions um, or you would like to work with me, jump on my website, click on apply now, um, and um, I can see if I'm the right person to help with you or you in the direction of someone who would be take care i'll see you in the next episode bye did you like what you heard leave us a review if you'd like to learn more about my nourish gut program or the nourish gut kids membership head over to my website would you like to be a part of a community that gets it join our facebook group nourish gut community or come and follow me over on instagram all of these links can be found in the show notes thank you for listening and i will see you next time on the nourish gut podcast